Hi, welcome to 10 Minute Treadmill Stories. I'm Stacy. I'm Jonah. If you have a story you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to email us, stacyandjonah at gmail.com. New stories every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. What's up today? Today, I have the story of the first ever U.S. endangered species to be cloned. Oh, I saw this in the news the other day. It was the classic, I read the title of an article, yet couldn't bring myself to click on it and find out more. Ah, well, you saw the little cute face, right? It looked like some sort of ferret-looking marmot guy. It is some sort of ferret, but it's a girl. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) There are a lot of interesting facts to me in this story. One of them is that um, in the early 1900s, there was a native species of ferret here in the United States called the black-footed ferret. It ran around like the west part of the United States and it would like burrow into the land and it snacked on prairie dogs. So two things. It is illegal to own a ferret in California, but we're in the West, so it seems like they used to be native here. Uh, And then also, I didn't know they ate prairie dogs. I mean, they're not much bigger than prairie dogs, right? From what I've heard about ferrets, they are like impressively tenacious. Ah. Like, I think kind of similarly to like badgers and stuff where it's like you don't want to corner a ferret because they are they are really can be like those kind of. I don't know. It's like their attitude is like, uh, yeah, don't, don't mess with me. Ferocious. And they got those chompers on them and prairie dogs, in my opinion. I mean, they got those claws for digging, but they got those flat teeth because they don't I don't think they eat other alive things, do they? Right. I don't think so. Maybe like a few worms or something. Poor little prairie dogs getting snacked on by violent ferrets. By black footed ferrets. Black footed ferrets don't care. Black footed ferrets don't give a fuck. <laughs> See, much like the honey badger. (laughs) And by the way, a quick uh, Google tells me that black-tailed prairie dogs mostly eat grass, flowering plants, roots, and seeds, although they have been known to eat insects. Okay, that makes sense. And they also love to dine with their friend Gary, yet he is rarely around, so they have to shout for him from little groundhog holes. I thought it was Alan. (laughs) Oh, damn it, it is Alan. (laughs) <laughs> that esoteric joke that no one but you understood wasn't even told correctly. But just Google Prairie Dog Allen and watch the seven-second YouTube video. It's amazing. Please have your sound on. Yeah, sorry. I, um, I've digressed from your story once again, so I'll, I'll, I'll... That's okay. So what I was saying was black-footed ferrets were native to the United States. They used to run around the West burrowing into the land and snacking on prairie dogs. But the prairie dog population actually started to decline. And it was because of a few different things. They were poisoned. There was a plague. And then people moving into the area created habitat loss. So in turn, the black-footed ferrets started dying off because their food was gone. And eventually, the black-footed ferret was thought to be extinct in the wild. But... In 1981, on a ranch in Wyoming, a dog, whose name was Shep, in case you are curious. Thank you. You're welcome. He dropped a dead ferret onto the porch of his owner's house, and the rancher's wife took the ferret to the local taxidermist. Side note, this made me wonder, is that a thing? Like, if you live in the wilds of Wyoming and you find a dead animal, do you sell it to the taxidermist? Like, I never thought of taxidermy as anything but custom order. But maybe they just stuff animals and sell them to anyone who wants them? 
I mean, I can't imagine that there's like a vibrant market for that, but maybe at one time, especially back in the day, I yeah, I guess if what if you if you're a taxidermist and you have a slow day and no one brought you the pheasant they just hunted, perhaps yeah, you just want to uh, make make some personal projects and you'll get the random person who. Huh. He just has the hankering for a dead-eyed ferret to put up on their mantle. I mean, this was 1981, not 1881. 1981. I heard an eight. I heard an 80, <laughs> and I ran with it. So, I, so I doubly don't know that if it's in the 19, in the 1980s. So anyway, it turns out that the animal was a black-footed ferret, and the taxidermist realized that he's holding like this freshly killed extinct animal, and he calls the fish and game department, and they come out, and they discover like a small population in the wild. But over the next couple of years, disease started killing them off and scientists intervened. They captured what was left of the population. It was 18 black-footed ferrets that were left. And out of those 18 black-footed ferrets, only seven passed on their, their genes. Seven is an odd number. So like the wild ferret parties of the 80s must have been lit because <laughs> if... Only seven, seven ferrets or ancestors of all the ferrets today, then uh, that was a party. If the burrow's rocking, <laughs> grab, grab your keys and come a-knocking. Um, so what that does mean, actually, is that the population that remains is really lacking in genetic diversity and therefore is vulnerable to health problems caused by inbreeding. Mm. All black-footed ferrets that are alive today are basically half-brothers and sisters, except for Elizabeth Ann, a cloned black-footed ferret who was born on December 10th of last year. She's the first U.S. endangered species to be cloned. It is an amazing feat that I am really excited to hear more about, but it also is like... Very relieving to have another end to the sentence, the first endangered species, too. Like, it's either to rebound and we're happy or to go extinct, and it's a terrible story. So now to have a third option in 2020 slash 2021 of to be clones. Oh, we are in the future. (laughs) Right. Here's the thing about it. It's really fascinating to me because Elizabeth Ann is about three months old now, I guess. She was cloned from 33-year-old DNA. So her, what what do I call her? Her mom? Not really because it's her own self. Her first version was named Willa, a black-footed ferret named Willa. And Willa died in 1988 and was sent to this place called the Frozen Zoo. And that is a facility in San Diego where they store animal samples. And this story made me realize how little I know about anything. (laughs) The Frozen Zoo. That also sounds like the beginning of a Stephen King novel. Doesn't it? It's next to the Pet Cemetery. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Frozen Zoo is part of like the San Diego Zoo, which is a giant zoo. And if they have like this... (laughs) area next to it but it's in San Diego and it's where they store samples and Willa died and was frozen in kind of the early days of DNA I don't know what I want to call it cloning capabilities scientists are saying that Willa is going to help increase the population's gene pool because she was not one of the original seven ancestors that were found in 1981 And Willa has no living descendants. She did have two babies, but they passed away. And Willa was captured in the wild. And researchers hope that her clone will kind of increase the genetic diversity 
so that this species, which is so severely threatened, will be able to recover on its own. Here's something. No more lazy eyed ferrets. <laughs> and little baby Elizabeth Ann, who, by the way, if you have not seen her picture, is so flipping adorable. It's crazy. She's not going to be released into the wild. She is going to live a nice, cozy indoor life at the Colorado facility where she was born so that researchers can study her and see how, you know, the long term cloning effects progress. Elizabeth Ann was created by a pet cloning company called Viagen Pets and Equine, which successfully transferred the embryo into a surrogate ferret. So they are mm. so endangered that um, they put little baby Elizabeth Ann, in, little embryo Elizabeth Ann, into a domestic ferret, and then she was born by C-section. And she is the what? yeah, she is the first U.S. endangered species to be cloned. But she's only the second endangered species to be cloned. Because last summer, this same company cloned an endangered Mongolian wild horse. They used the same process. And he was cloned from a 40-year-old DNA sample of a wild stallion. And, and he was named Kurt. Like, who <laughs> named Kurt? Come here, Kurt. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, though, is in the vein of Elizabeth Ann. Like, these are the most people-sounding animals I've ever heard of. I know. It's so funny. And here's something else that is so super crazy. The black-footed ferret is amongst the most endangered mammals in North America, and they are so threatened that scientists actually gave 120 of them COVID-19 vaccines over the summer. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, they're saying that because of this technology, they could bring back like the carrier pigeon and the woolly mammoth. And now I'm just thinking of like Jurassic Park and what could go wrong. I and was then gonna say, we all know where that leads. <laughs> Who needs a woolly mammoth back? Like, do we really need to bring back a woolly mammoth? I sense a morality debate on the horizon. We need to set a weight limit. <laughs> like only endangered animals that are under 100 pounds are able to be close. Yes, I don't. You're right. There is going to be a raging debate, and I'll spend uh, the in-between time deciding on whose side I will be. I mean, I already know which side of the holograph recreation I'm I'm on for oh, deceased yes. people. So, uh... <laughs> Fair enough. And that is the story of Elizabeth Ann, a cloned black-footed ferret who is adorable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 